0: Is Jim Branstadter standing by? Former voice of Michigan football. Uh, I think he's predicted an undefeated season, and that Stanford and Notre Dame will join the Big Ten. Is that true, Brandy? Hey, how's it going? That's going good. Good. Did you did you predict fifteen and zero for Michigan and national champions like I did? No, I did not. <laughs> Hey, we're not in a courtroom right now. You're sounding really guarded in your answers, Brandy.
1: Okay, I did that. I, 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 I am the one, uh, Bill, that I, I think it's easier to be the hunted or the hunter than it is the hunted. And Michigan is the hunted. It's the same It's the same scenario the Lions are in, I think, too. They're now the hunted, and they've never been there before. That's a little different dynamic.
0: Well, my prediction that I posted, I think, August 2nd at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook, I said Michigan 15-0, and national champions, Lions 14-3, and they win the NFC, they go to the Super Bowl. So between them, my, my win totals for the Lions and Michigan, at least where I'm at right now, not including playoffs for the Lions, I'm at 29-3. and
1: Yeah. Were you smoking anything when you made those things?
0: I cannot, I cannot confirm or deny your accusations, Brandy.
1: <laughs> well, I look. I, I hope you're right. Obviously, uh, for both teams, but but I also am probably a little bit more cautious in that uh, I, Michigan's got a tough schedule. I mean, they they've, they've got to play Penn State on the road. Uh, they got to play Michigan State on the road. Uh, they're they're everything is looks good. But that's you know I'm I'm the guy that the glasses have empty when you get into these situations you can't stumble a bit and last year you remember Michigan almost stumbled against Illinois at home I mean they needed a field goal late from Jake Moody uh, to keep their season alive and then they took care of Ohio State and uh, Purdue or, or uh, yeah Purdue in the championship which is fine but but that's there's gonna be a game out there. Where something doesn't work, and, or something goes a little south, and Michigan's going to have to fight through that and find a way to dig deep and win. And in the Lions' case, yeah, they're in a they're in a boat where everybody's shooting at them now. Minnesota wants them, Green Bay wants them, and Chicago you know wants them. Everybody on their schedule, and they open up at Kansas City. While the league is giving them great respect and should, based on their finish last year, that doesn't cut anything this year. Because remember, two years ago, the Rams were the world champions, and last year uh, they won four games, and everybody wanted to kick the coach to the curb. So it could turn around real fast.
0: Well, I guess an injury to J.J. McCarthy could turn around really fast, or if you would lose uh, Corman Edwards uh, again. Uh, what are, not flags, but concerns you have about Michigan that they may not attain that dream 15-0 and that I'm saying?
1: Look, I think the biggest, in my opinion, and I go along with you on your preseason prediction, it's focus. Each week, that, that team has to be narrowed down and focused on, on playing that opponent. They can't play Penn State two weeks before they play it. And that's 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 where they've got to be, in my opinion. And uh, that's, that's just a matter of, being young and having – and I think Harbaugh's done a great job of that over the last couple of years. This team has had a focus on, on winning a national title, on winning every game. And and, and if they can continue that, then, then they're going to be in great shape. But but from a talent standpoint, all across the board, running backs, wide receivers, quarterback, defensively, up front, linebackers, secondary, they're, they're as solid as you, you get in the country. And so, it, to me, it's focused.
0: Jim Bradenstatter, former voice of Michigan football. Uh, you still have the, the Brandy Man podcast or Brandy Candy. What's the name of it? <laughs> The Brandy Show conversations. With. Well, there you go. The Brandy Show. I do. I like Brandy candy, but that, that sounds like you're, you know, you're, you're selling something you're illegal. Not
1: my, you're not my marketing director either. Okay. Uh,
0: so it's the Brandy. It's a Brandy show. The podcast where everybody can just search right, for the it. Right. Brandy Show it.
1: podcast. Uh, with the, it's called the conversations with. And and coming up, I've got Jerome Bettis. Uh, it'll be in the second week in September. And this right now up and running is Eddie Murray. And we do go through a preview of the Detroit Lions and uh, their history and some of the great moments in Eddie's career. And he has an interesting answer. When he won a Super Bowl with the Cowboys, he he told me the difference on attitude in the locker room from the Cowboys to when he was with the Lions. And it's really telling what the difference of attitude makes in the NFL.
0: Yeah, Brandy Show Podcast. I do like Brandy Candy or the Brandy Man Can. You could get <laughs> like not, a singer. You know. I do any favors. Who, you, know? you could do something like, who can interview badass? The Brandy Man Can. Oh, my God. That's not bad.
1: Hey, by the way, the book is still out, too. Remember? Remind folks that Voices of Michigan Stadium still is out there. It's a timeless history of Michigan uh, football. And uh, they should go to com and get the audio version. It's the best in the world. All
0: right. Uh, before I let you go, uh, I, I did read, I think, Facebook post you had when the Big Ten a- added... I think it was Oregon and Washington. You wrote a really uh, cool long post about your thoughts on expansion in the Big Ten and the uh, the new generation we have in front of us, and it's not the old Big Ten uh, anymore. Uh, I I really believe I'm hearing rumblings that Stanford is a lock to join the Big Ten. The question is, who's the partner team at the top of the Big Ten wish list and a team mentioned in their TV deal uh, is Notre Dame uh, who, who do you think will end up if it is Stanford be in that partner school is it Notre Dame is it Cal is it one of those ACC
1: schools no, look, I think it's Notre Dame I, I, it's got to be Notre Dame because Notre Dame I is a school it fits completely into the Big Ten picture but phew, we're, we're going into an era of collegiate football but it isn't what we know college football was the Big Ten Conference quote unquote Big Ten Conference no longer exists the Pac-10 doesn't exist the Big 12 is a mishmash. The Southeastern Conference is Alabama, uh, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma, and that will be out. Uh, will the ACC survive if Clemson goes somewhere else? Those are, those are all the things that are going on, and I think ultimately what we're going to see in 10 years, we're not going to see conference. There won't be a conference championship. There's going to be a national championship. That's all anybody plays for. There'll be a big 60-70 to 70 team super conference, and, and they will govern themselves that they will govern and manage the TV revenues, and the schools will take a split. And, and you know what's going to be sad, at least... And again, this is my speculation of, of what I see going on. The schools like Central Michigan and Western Michigan, great, great programs, Ferris, and all the great universities that are out there, and the smaller mid majors, they used to call them, they're going to become club sports, and they're going to kind of disappear, and they're going to be kind of on their own. And that, to me, is sad, and it's not doing... A justice to the game of football or, or quote-unquote collegiate athletics, student athletes being able to uh, compete. Uh, and I just I, I see that happening and I see that uh, football and basketball kind of cutting off and going off on their own in their one large super conference governed by themselves. And the other sports the NCAA if you can, whatever that organization is anymore because I don't think it exists it has no power Um, the NCAA will maybe manage or govern the the non-revenue sports, as they say.
0: Jimmy, I think what's going to happen, because you watch Ivy League gets it done without big TV deals and they got great educations, obviously. Uh, D3 gets it done. Uh, I I think you'll see some schools. This is my opinion. That uh, they'll have boosters who uh, enjoy the innocence of college sports. Uh, and aren't locked in on NIL or big TV deals, and you'll see some bigger schools go join D two D three with smaller scholarships, uh, smaller uh, commitments, uh, smaller salaries for coaches, and and you'll just people will still go cheer on their team. I, I get you got the big boy NFL like college football and same with you know both have multi billion dollar deals now uh, football and basketball and let them go do their thing and you'll get you'll get schools that will totally separate from that power five who won't be invited who still can go have a western central experience uh, on a Saturday instead of a Wednesday night and the biggest party in Michigan and Mount Pleasant or Kalamazoo and maybe there's this uh, football one you know double A again where they have a playoff there's 9,000 TV stations Out there on cable and satellite, and you go watch a Saturday, cheer on your team. I don't think it's that bloodthirsty mentality with every single sports fan out there, and I believe
1: there still is a path to get back to what it was like. I do. I hope you're. I absolutely hope and pray you're right. I truly do. But I maybe I'm a little more pessimistic in the um, idea of, of of money will rule everything and. Will there be enough revenue? Will there be enough advertising dollars to allow these universities to do what you're saying and and manage a football and basketball program? It's expensive, and and and, and you almost can't do it these days with grant aid scholarships. The universities, given the cost of education, uh, to to actually you know make a profit or even break even on those kinds of things. Now with the addition of the donors. And the boosters, yeah, you, you might make that happen. I hope it works. But I worry about uh, the big guys taking all the oxygen out of the advertising room, if you will. And and, and they struggle to find that that media partner uh, that will that will give them that lift financially. Uh, and that's, that's a difficult thing. But I, I hope you're right. I think you're right. I,
0: I, I think there'll see- be enough money. I, I really um, do. I, I, I look at, you know... E- you know, my, my daughter's playing NAIA Aquinas College soccer, and I go there and watch an inter-squad scrimmage, and it's, and it's a, a college it's campus. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It its man. You know, you're on a... Her experience, teamwork. It's that's just, it. That's it. I, I, I still think it, it, it's high school, and I know some high schools are commercialized, or you look in Texas and forty $40 million stadiums, but, you know, for the massive majority where it's, it's watching Aquinas College women's soccer on a Saturday afternoon. I enjoy it. It's college campus. They're they're working towards uh, a degree. They're working on a top 10 uh, ranking in NAIA. It's still out there, man. You know, and the max selling out for Tuesday, Wednesday games, I think has destroyed the conference in football. I think it has
1: I, destroyed I it. I right? I get so, it, it just makes me so sad when, you know, these Tuesday-Wednesday night games, when you look at them on TV, and they sold out to TV, and you look in the stands and there's nobody there. I, I just, that just just makes me sad.
0: You, I remember back in the day when I was like in high school or college coming home, I would circle whether it's Kalamazoo or Mount Pleasant, the Central Western game was just an unbelievable atmosphere in both places. So I get the TV side of this. And I get the billions of dollars, but also I get schools who are going to say we're going to uh, we're not going to be Power Five. We're still we're going to be this, and well, I think there'll not. be enough schools for kids to play multiple sports, including football and basketball, at another level.
1: There are two things. One, I hope you're very right on that, and the other thing is, I hope we never. And I don't know whether this is available to us or whether it will happen, but I hope that we never lose the educational component. To the collegiate game because if we do, then we then then count collegiate athletics is just basically, especially at the football level, is a semi-pro with NIL and the transfer portal, which basically I'd call free agency. You know, we become a, 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 a semi-pro feeder league to the 32 teams in the National Football League, and that that to me would destroy the the, the romance of of that of that uh, emotional attachment that we all have to that university we went to when we were 17, 18 years old, and it connects with us to the heart. And then I hope we never lose that.
0: Well, at the end of the day, let's be real. Most of those kids from programs, a massive majority of D1 football programs don't go to the NFL. They use that degree uh, to better their life. Uh, They use that degree uh, to make money. Uh, to build a career. So I, I still, and with presidents and academia and professors and all these school facilities that aren't connected to athletics, they're not going to go away. I think everything will have another level to it, and I'll be fine. I'll watch the big boy college football, but, you know, I'll still go watch Peter Sturzma at Hope on the west side of the state. I really, yeah. I can't tell you, not just because of my daughter, but my experience walking on it is my second time on the Aquinas College campus here in Grand Rapids, and they play in the WHAC with a lot of Michigan schools. I I really... I said, this is what college sports is all about.
1: It is. Exactly. is. I'm glad you're having that experience and I'm telling you, at some point... Did the opportunity to go like sit on a saturday afternoon or whatever watch an albion or an adrian or a santa heights football. oh yeah
0: I hope i hope and then adrian and the, they got
1: great facilities but their stadiums yeah, yeah you sit at you, you know right. you sit at the end of the stadium in a, in a on a hill and you can watch it put a blanket out there mm. and, and then that, that stuff that stuff is americana that stuff is uh just, it's like when i went to the fair this year up in osco county it's just it just gives you a good feeling got the Midwest and the Americana value of the small town still alive in this country.
0: It's why high school football still uh, there are a few innocent things left uh, in sports. And I look at high school football and the small town to the big city. Uh, but when I look at some of these places across Michigan, and what that high school football team means to that community, that that Friday night is their center of attention, win or lose. Yeah. Uh, and what those kids are learning, being a part of a team, is really the foundation of football. So good stuff, Brandy. Yeah. Uh, Can I
1: back on that real quick, uh, Yeah, Bill? Just whenever you see a high school football coach, go up and shake his hand and thank him. Amen. Because he's not getting paid the big money. He's got to teach. He's got to do all kinds of other things. But he is laying the groundwork for some unbelievably good stuff. And I want everyone to go out there when they see their high school football coach, go up and thank him for the service that he's doing for the community and the young people.
0: You know, uh, Joel Schwander is the head football coach at Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern, where my junior-to-be son, uh, Ace, plays. And sometimes I'll get on some of the smaller coaches and – you know, I, I'm a guy in my ways, uh, but with football and how how taxing it is on coaches and the players, how the off season, the 88-degree days last week when they're uh, working out five hours a day, that I made sure, and I dropped Coach Swander a text, and I said, thanks for what you uh, and your staff, and, and I wrote this to him. What you and your coaches have done and do for my Sundays. and I didn't talk I about you. playing time. I didn't talk about winning. I didn't talk about anything. And, and when 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 I know there's a coaching staff, whether it's club, youth, YMCA, when I know there's a coach who's making a difference in my kid's life and they're doing it the right way, I'll be the first guy to thank them. I will.
1: Good for you. you know, because the first guys guys guy deserve all the thanks in the Amen. world. Amen. Brandi, we have all that big money. No. They're not getting no. headlines. They don't have agents. They're doing it because they love the kids and they love the game, and they should be thanked.
0: And on the flip side, if I if I do see a coach that uh, is affecting my child mentally, on the flip side, I will address that privately, not on air, not on Facebook not on uh, any, you know, Instagram. I will address that with the schools, just like you would do with the teacher or any other employee. Brandy, i got to get to a network team, uh, T.O. Uh, this was an awesome conversation.
1: It was indeed, and thank you very much for getting in touch.